Welcome back, everybody, to episode 16 of the Walk Around Podcast. I'm excited to present to you the interview that I had with Brother Andy Ferguson. This is an interesting episode about guitar and music in general. We go along some interesting rabbit holes, and I'm excited for you guys to hear our conversation and the knowledge that was shared with us from Brother Andy Ferguson. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and thank you for tuning in to my interview with Brother Andy Ferguson. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 16. This is a very special episode because it is our first musician-based podcast um, episode. We've had other musicians on, but today we're discussing what it's like to be a full-time musician with Brother Andy Ferguson. So thank you, Brother Andy, for coming on, and I wanted to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Um, it's it's truly cool to be here with you. Um I am Andy Ferguson, and I am a worship pastor in Gate City, Virginia, and I've been here going on 21 years Mm -hmm. uh, as a worship pastor, and uh, of course, if you're a worship pastor, you do all kinds of other things, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. my my job is uh, just a little crazy, but it's right here on the corner of um, Tennessee and Virginia right near Bristol, Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, really cool spot. About an hour and 20 minutes from Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of a little patch of heaven up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, so how you how long have you been playing guitar? You said you've been leading uh, for however long or for 20-odd 20, 20 years. Um, how, how long have you been playing guitar specifically? Whew. As long as I can remember, but probably, pro- probably really got serious about it. And please don't laugh at this. Probably get really got serious about it in 1987. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's probably what 34 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I kind of got serious about it then, and I messed around with it up until then. But uh, yeah, that that was a, a game changing game-changing year cool so um from from there playing for for those many years when did you take the jump to like playing for events um you like you you became not known i don't want to say that you're famous or anything but like that you became to the point where people were calling you to play at on a regular basis or you started playing for events district events things like that well, um, so I guess 1990, I guess I was around 10, 10, 11 years old, something like that. I just mm-hmm. got my first electric guitar <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. <laughs> and, uh, there was some older high school guys that I went to church with and they had like a Christian rock band, like you know, cover band, they were playing David and the Giants and Petra and like all these old Christian bands that some Mm -hmm. of you guys may have never heard of, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so, but they were very good. Uh, one of the song, the lead singer was a songwriter. He's incredible songwriter. And so they were doing their own original music. And, uh, at first, since I was like 10 years old, you know, 11 years old, they were like snubbing me and stuff, but, Mm -hmm. 
finally they like let me join them. Um, and they're they're actually a couple of one's a uh, one's a well known pastor. I'm not going to mention their names. One's a well known pastor in the UPC now, and one is a um, a well known evangelist in the UPC now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of snubbed me, but we have become amazing friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they they you know they were high school kids. I was this little. 10 or 11 year old kid, Mm -hmm. but they started letting me play and be part of that. And I started learning so much from them and they turned me on to uh, a lot of cool, you know, Christian rock, I guess back then. And uh, that was a big deal. So that is probably when I started uh, really playing at church because I started playing it. uh, Well, I say that I I was playing acoustic at church for that, Mm -hmm. like in kids church and stuff. But then I really started playing electric uh, in church then. And uh, and then from there, it's just like all that I wanted to do. And I had never really seen like a lot of electric players um, in church. And then, you know, the Magruders come through mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, David and the Giants. And I actually saw like electric players playing. And I'm yeah. like, this is this is incredible. And so, um, so I was just basically faithful to my church, never even dreamed. I mean, I knew I wanted to play guitar even for a living at that point. Uh, whatever that meant, I had no clue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but, um, but my, um, I just played locally at church and then I was playing youth rallies locally here and, um, just different services, special services, all that kind of stuff. And, um, there was a band that came up from Mississippi. They were like a blues jazz band and, and gospel kind of pop thing. And they were so cool. And, uh, their guitar player couldn't make it on their tour and they were playing some of the rallies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up sitting in with them, um, and, I ended up sitting in with them. And then from there, they're like, Hey, can you finish our tour with us? So I finished that. And when they were going back home, they're like, Hey, uh, do you think you can, you know, continue to tour with us? So I'm like, let me ask my parents. <laughs> and so my parents let me at, uh, you know, 13, 14 years old, uh, start traveling, you know, doing music then. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was probably the beginning of of all that, and I actually traveled with them till I got out of high school. Oh wow! So which was yeah, nineteen ninety seven. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's yeah, when the very saga began. very fun times. What's that? That's when the saga began. <laughs> yeah, man, good good times. Wow, that's crazy. That's really cool. It's funny that you mentioned that um, that you saw like electric guitar players playing for the first time because yeah. Um, the, the cycle happened again, um, for, I, I've, I've probably mentioned it before on a couple episodes back, but at design music conference, 2019 was my first year and that happened to be an NAYC year. And so that was like the year that I be, like became aware of the outside Pentecostal world. As far as music went, you know, I had heard, you know, obviously we've had ministers come in and evangelists and we had electric guitars at our church be- because of the style that we play. It had never been incredibly prevalent. And so I happened gotcha. to go to Zion that year. And so seeing you play along with all of the people that played at uh, Katie, uh, Pentecostals of Katie, 
was the first time I had seen that style of music with a lot of guitar. Britney Scott's music has a lot of guitar in it. And she happened to be there that year. And so I got a heavy dose of guitar. And that's kind of like what kicked me off on taking guitar serious. And wow. so the, the, the loop is completed now. <laughs> you started <laughs> with seeing these people playing guitar. And then I've taken it more serious and more of a passion after seeing you play, seeing that guitar is incorporated in church music, which is really, really cool. I thought that was wow. cool that you mentioned that. So uh, that's how I... I guess got inspired because I'm, I'm very, I base a lot of my playing by feel. Um, even though some people may do or don't do not like that, but I also, when I, when I get inspired, I tend to play more and then I get better more. And so I should just learn to stay inspired longer so I can get better quicker. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, you, you were talking about them, uh, in, and how you toured with them, but as far as your style goes now, if, you know, if someone were to watch you play and then you come down from the platform and, they would say, oh, you play such and such like this. Uh, what would, would you say were your music influences? Christian, non-Christian, guitar, non-guitarist, whatever whatever influences how you play now. So I have an uh, older brother, sister um, that are actually quite older than me. They were in high school when I was born. Mm-hmm. And um, they were born, you know, during the best era of music, <laughs> 70s and 80s. And... Uh, and so, you know, like, we didn't get in church till 1986, mm-hmm. or 1984, I'm sorry. And uh, so up until that point, I mean, they're high, they're in high school, and I'm soaking all this music in just that they're listening to. So uh, probably some of my m- main influences, uh, I love George Benson mm-hmm. on guitar. I love um, Steve Lukather. Uh, I love Dan Huff, which Dan played for Whiteheart and ended up playing for like all kinds of country bands. He's played mm-hmm. for tons of Christian bands. He's a studio guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Landau, um, you know, just the the L.A. guys from yeah. when I was a kid. Um, and Andy Timmons, Neil Sean. Um, David Huff from mm-hmm. David and the Giants. Yeah. Um, there, there's so many of these guys that just, uh, when I would hear them, I was like, man, this is incredible. But I, a lot of it was, um, a lot of it was session players though. Um, because, you know, you would, you would look and see who's on the record and it would be like, these are the guys in the band, but these are the actual guys that played the guitar mm-hmm. parts or played the instruments. And so I just went on this huge rabbit trail of session players uh, mm-hmm. when I was probably my preteens, honestly. And um, and I'm still, I guess, probably on that trail because they're still going, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, a lot of it's Christian music. Uh, it's what's crazy. I mean, like, it's it's everything. So they're, yeah. they're on everything. So uh, Tommy Sims, that's another guy, uh, which is... Gosh, he's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a non-guitar player, which is one of my favorites, is Hans Zimmer. Mm. Um, does a lot of soundtracks and stuff. But just his melodies just are yeah. incredible to me. So, And I, I'll pick some of that stuff up. And, you know, I remember Youth Congress one year I was playing a, 
a soundtrack. <laughs> I used the lick for a Eddie James song <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and everybody was like, what is that? And I was like, Oh, it's, it's Hans Zimmer, you know, kind of took it and made it my <laughs> own thing. But yeah, anyway, that's cool that you mentioned Hans Zimmer. Um, and I may be mistaken. Some, maybe he was playing air guitar, but I saw a video of him playing. I think it was the inception soundtrack and, um, we need to keep this holy, but <laughs> he was playing a soundtrack from one of the films that he had composed for and d- done a sc- score for, and there's a guitar part in it. And he, someone's orchestrating, and, I, and it's dressed like him. And you said non-guitarist, and he comes yep. out of the back playing the guitar part. So maybe he is a guitarist. Maybe he is a guitarist. Yeah. So he but, he uh, him he's well. I love. I've always loved like nylon string guitar. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, you know, Dan Huff has used that a lot. Um, but hearing Hans Zimmer use it in that concept. And, yeah. you know, like, I I really don't watch a lot of things. But mm-hmm. I do listen to a lot of instrumental stuff, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dude, the, the, the nylon string guitar parts that he does are just incredible. Yeah, they're, they're, he, he just, some people like that just have a mind for creating um, yes. recognizable melodies. Um, some of the greatest melodies, not even musically, you can pick out like there are certain scenes where the, you couldn't hum out the melody. Um, this is a weird tangent that we've been on, but you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't pick out the melody. But maybe as a musical person, um, such as you or myself, can say that that's really crazy. But they're not great in the sense of melodic. Like you couldn't hum this yeah. part. And some people just have a mind for making it so memorable. Like most yes. people can hum. Uh, like the Star Wars tune or the oh, Indiana yeah. Jones tune, um, which happened to both be by uh, John Williams. Sure. Um, Jurassic Park, which is another John yep. Williams one. A lot of people can hum those. Um, and that's what makes a song sometimes great in terms of um, like being long lasting for for like generations. You know, parents are showing their, their kids these movies <laughs> yeah. and they, they they remember the music if they don't yep. remember anything else. Um and even nowadays, um, with uh, Pentecostal music, well, thank the Lord that there's so much Pentecostal music coming out. It's such a blessing that there's so much. Yes. I love it so much. Like I, I, I went from listening to no shade to these guys, but like Eddie James kind of people. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Todd Delaney stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I went on a tangent for like a couple months where there's just like this one playlist. I think we mentioned Britney Scott. I think she made the playlist, and that's all I listened to was Pentecostal <laughs> music. Where I before it wasn't possible to have hours worth of music um, yes and now you can you can do that um and so like like we were saying about recognizable melodies you can it's a huge part of making music when uh you hear that melody um and you're you're you get hyped up because you know the song is coming um yes like when we did believe breakthrough when that was like the thing a couple years back um and the, the intro beginning line to that um, mm-hmm. Everyone goes nuts when they hear it or at NAYC when uh, James Wilson did um, like the opening when they sing the hey, oh, everyone yeah. goes crazy. Give me Jesus. Because, yeah, give me Jesus. They We just sang that last night uh, at church. And that's what brought up the mind is because people hear these melodies and they, they remember it. They remember them. And that's what constitutes. You don't have to just be incredible musically, but yes. being able to create good melodies maybe that aren't simple or aren't uh, complicated musically. Um, that's why a you lot know, of pop music uses the same same chords over and over because they're hummable and mem- yeah. uh, you can memorize them. 
And here's the thing. I mean, um, people will, they'll remember people's chops, I guess, but they're going to remember the melodies more than the mm-hmm. chops. And that's what's going to actually outlive all those chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to have those chops. Yeah. But uh, those melodies are what you're going to hear when you're driving down the road and at your church and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, if you can learn how to, to when you're playing those melodies, feel them and express what those melodies really are instead of just, mm-hmm. oh, these are just blah, blah, blah. Actually play it with all of your heart and um, connect to it. Then it's, yeah, it, it's going to last longer than chops, I think, personally. For sure. Um, unless you are an uber musician and you can just like pick things out and you understand the true theory behind yeah. it, you can appreciate yep. it, but you won't memorize it. Like, um, yep. uh, if anyone here or is listening has heard the song Breakout by Mark Crowder that came out oh, on yeah. his recording, you know, like the uh, int- intro uh, lick that the guitarists play. Yeah. But, um, when Colton and Brett do like the fake ending solos, like, love we, it. We, it sounds incredible, but that's not when you think of the song. You don't think of that. You think of the lyrics and the hummable yep. melodies, the memorable melodies, and that's what is constitutes a great uh, songwriting when you're doing stuff like that. So you that's got it. That's always, right. Always an important part of songwriting. <clears throat> Anyways, guitars. <laughs> Back to guitars. <laughs> guitars. <laughs> um, so um, you talked about your music influences and how you grew up listening to these people and how you got like learned them learn from them excuse me and so if someone here wants to pick up guitar listening wants to pick up guitar um what would you suggest to them uh in far as learning uh the instrument goes and then maybe if they want to invest into a rig what would you suggest to them as a budget rig or a beginner's rig something like that um first thing uh i would learn your the nashville number system uh, as you are learning. So mm-hmm. you're learning. There's a great little book and I, I've taught lessons for years. Um, but one of them was, uh, how to play guitar in every key mm-hmm. by Howard Wallach. And, um, it basically teaches you the chords in the scale and it shows you the shapes of them. So you're seeing the Nashville number system and the mm-hmm. chord shapes all together. And as you're learning, you know, uh, you're memorizing both. So I would start with that. That way you're learning the language and the you know having the ability to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, find a great teacher locally. Um, help with the Nashville number system. Or, I mean, yeah, deep, dive deep into that. As far as a little rig um, and the beginner rig, there is so many great pieces of gear out there right now um, that are very budget-friendly and so much more bang for your buck than when I was, I was mm-hmm. a kid. When I was a kid, I had a little PV amp with an eight-inch speaker mm-hmm. with distortion, clean, and an EQ, and that was it. Wow! <laughs> and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would play with cassettes and records and eight tracks and eventually CDs. Are, are you saying you didn't profile that amp? It wasn't no. that great. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, but right now for the. The best bang, my, my daughter is 14. She just mm-hmm. turned 14. She's playing. And I bought her a pod go. Mm-hmm. And for the money, I mean, that's incredible. And that's for for what we do, like in church, having an expression pedal and 
the ability to have a ton of sounds, all that kind of stuff. I think that's the best bang for the buck, really. Mm-hmm. That's that's always uh, that I have. I know a friend that has that pedal, and it's the same thing as the more expensive um, helixes, the high end yeah. helixes. Everything yeah. inside of it is the same. You're obviously they're going to, to be sacrifices and stuff, or else everyone would buy the cheaper model. But sure, the sound are the same. I I, I was getting some they models good. from from someone, um, and they were telling me like what they had on their full sized um, helix in the sound and the profiles are all the same um obviously if you were to research you could find the the um restraints on it compared to the yep. full model but that's a very very good model that a lot of people can use and that's something if you are a complete beginner that's something you can use um if you get to the level of playing for your district it has some great stuff yeah. <laughs> and it's it sounds sounds incredible I told her, I was like, so next next time I go overseas, I'm like, I'm going to take your pod go with me because I can literally throw it in the backpack and go, you know. And it doesn't, I've heard stories of people having, uh, going through customs with their with their rig and it's an a, a analog rig. So everything is like on a board. Yeah. And because of cables and boxes, the it'll look like a bomb and people will unplug like everything off their rig and so with that you have one solid thing and if they unscrew it then they have problems that they want to screw the back yes. of it so i've had that happen they literally took everything apart wow and i was like man i was stuck in line forever you know it was awful i That's used terrible. to before i used to, for years um i flew with the, i was a a line six endorser mm-hmm. for several years and uh but i i used the pod x3 live Mm. and then i went to the x uh the xt live or xt live to the x3 live to the hd 500 Mm -hmm. and um i used those forever and you know a lot of people used to laugh but thing you know it was my sound and i could plug in anywhere i was at and Mm -hmm. and it sounded like me you know and it was easy to use uh, in fact, I played Youth Congress with, you know, like my HD 500, I guess it was. Wow. Um, well, it was, ac- no, actually it was the XT Live. Okay. <laughs> um, which I guess in 2009 I played <laughs> played with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, one, one thing in the musical world to know, a good thing to know is if, for whatever reason, if you're listening to this and you happen to be like right off the block and you're new, is that music stuff tends to age rather well. And you can buy a lot of stuff to use. Yes. Um, even if it's not even old, it doesn't have to age well. I have I have some uh, an effects unit, the HX Stomp from Line 6. And I got that. I bought that from a guy who uh, had it in a studio. So it was in good condition. It just sat yeah. in the studio the whole time. Uh, my guitar is used. I bought it and it was a year old. And so you can find Ooh. a lot of... <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can find a lot of um, really good uh, products used and discounted so if you're ever in that field don't don't feel shamed when you're doing that stuff always do what's best for you um so definitely for sure do that and like we were talking about the pod go and you know people were talking about you know you're, you're talking about your sound um it, it has to f- make sure it fits you don't be worried about the gear and how expensive it is and who knows yeah you know, if it sounds great use it um use it maybe one day if you happen to be 
if you own a studio, you work in a studio, you can buy 10 amps and profile every single one and have all analog pedals. But yeah. <laughs> even even for someone like you playing yourself as, as often as you play, you play out often. So you need a portable rig. You don't need to have yes. 10 cables and patch it into your, to the system you have. It's way easier. And it sounds, unless for whatever reason you are playing in front of 10, you know, a, a church full of people that, are have the ear of you then they probably yeah. won't be able to tell the difference so you know just just play because it, in the end if you think about it it's coming through a mix regardless and if yes one, and so it, it'll all sound the way it needs to sound if you put the time into tuning it and tweaking it and, and things so as far as beginning i think we nailed that i think that was very very good advice for starting as far as gear goes and things uh, we can't go into a full lesson as cool as that would be <laughs> but um <laughs> That that if you have any questions, be sure to you can ask me through Instagram or you can ask Andy. I, I hope you can ask Andy. Are you good with people asking you questions? Yeah, ask me. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> not that I'm a pro, but I can maybe hook you up with Andy if for whatever reason he just doesn't like you or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny. But um, so we we've mentioned how you got started playing in church. Um, oh, you did mention NAYC, and you know some people will ask you. Um, what's it like playing for NAYC? It's like this huge honor. And, you know, we you can hear that from anyone. There's been a lot of people played. But I wanted to know, like, the logistical side of stuff, playing in front of that many people, it changes your sound. You know, there's a lot of bodies that are soaking up the sound, rejecting sound, clapping and <laughs> right. stuff. So what's what's the atmosphere like? Uh, not in the sense of, uh, you know, playing with all these people, but logistically, what's the difference in playing from playing at home or playing at your district event in, at campgrounds? Like what, how, or from start to finish, what, what are practices like? There are vlogs online, I believe. Uh, Travis Dykes has done some. Yeah. Uh, but what, what's, what is it like logistically playing? Uh, what do you bring? How does all that work? You know, um, <laughs> the first two youth congresses that I did, I I brought a a pod of whatever mm-hmm. X three the XT because I knew like that was going to be my sound, and <laughs> and I was like I can go direct. I'm I can worry about the worship and the music, and not really have to worry about anything else. Like you know, the mics in the wrong place and the my pedals got too much overdrive. It got bumped or mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I just plugged in and went. And, um, and that was, that was a big thing. Um, but after that, after I'd done that a couple of times, um, I used, uh, a Vox AC 30 one year. Mm. I used a matchless chieftain, wow. um, and I had a pedal board and stuff. And, <laughs> That's fun because you can really, you know, you can crank these amps up and really mm-hmm. just make them sing and be loud in that arena. Um, the rehearsals were so much fun um, because always there's always uh, so many really cool people you get to be with. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and they're like minded and they're, you know, they're serious about what's happening, you know, like church wise and the music and trying to really create the atmosphere of worship for, for the services. Hmm. So that is, that's so much fun. Um, I remember one of the years I played, we, we all stayed in this house and we rehearsed for like maybe a may almost a week before. 
and um, and we we just I mean we we rehearsed from like <coughs> excuse me ten o'clock in the morning till lunch and then you know we went there was a um, <laughs> a gun range across the street <laughs> from where we were at. And we would go shoot like machine guns and stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like, it was so much fun. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's kind of the rehearsals and stuff. They can be grueling, but most of the time, uh, the people that show up just, they have everything together. And mm-hmm. we're basically putting things together, you know, um, working out some details, which is, you know, really, really fun and being creative. And a lot of times I know... Uh, I know in years past, some of the, some of the services have, uh, we've, we've had our sets and everything, but the Lord started moving. And so we were, we were ready spontaneously as well and could just go anywhere with it, mm-hmm. which was so much fun. Um, uh, but yeah, that's, it's, it is a blast playing, uh, at youth Congress. The difference, I guess the difference between like your local church and, you know, district events and all that. It's sort of the same. It's just massive, you know. (laughs) It's so much louder. And, you know, I would always play with one ear out. I know you're not supposed to do that, but Mm -hmm. I love to hear the room and I love to hear everything that's happening, you know, because a lot of times you can have ears in and if there's no no crowd mics or any of that stuff, Mm -hmm. you kind of feel disconnected. And I didn't want to feel disconnected to, you know, missing out on everything that was happening. But I mean, we would start playing. I remember one year we, we had a song, it had like a vocal anthem intro. Everybody was Mm -hmm. singing and, um, it was, it was just so cool, man. Uh, just hearing everybody worship the Lord and and singing together. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I've had, I've taken, taken the, the in-ears out before in the middle of service and thinking that I couldn't tell because of the isolation, and you you pull pull, pull your ears out, and you're like, oh, people are going crazy. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, they're going nuts so, right now. That's that's crazy. Uh, we were talking about this before we uh, started recording, and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit um, about the live recording of NAYC. That was a really big event. Um, I think that the people that put it together did a good job of promoting it, and they did the best that they could with what they could. I was Hang wondering. One second, you- I got. It cable trouble here oh go ahead i was wondering if you could uh describe and explain what that experience was like playing with with uh playing you were playing for a crowd but knowing that you weren't playing for that crowd you're playing for people everywhere you know i mean in in um i guess in 2021 we've kind of learned how to do that (laughs) just because covid and everything um Mm -hmm. it was i think all the guys came in and there was, there was so much like energy, first of all. And, um, and then, uh, we had prayer and just as we were prepping, you know, it was, we were having church even without mm-hmm. anybody in the room. And so whenever there was actually people there, um, you know, we just had, just had church and, uh, but thinking, you know, thinking about how, you know, this, this service was broadcast literally all over the world. Um, the songs that we were singing, people all across the world, the country and the world were singing together at the same time. 
mm-hmm. you know, um, Kevin Daniel song, pour it out, you know, like my city, my family, like these lyrics. And I'm like, we're reaching more people right now than ever because, mm-hmm. you know, like we're singing these songs. God knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So many people are, are worshiping with the, these songs and crying out to him in unison worldwide instead of just in one arena. And uh, it was the, the spirit that was in there was just incredible. And uh, like we just, we just had church. <laughs> That's really, really cool. I was a part of one for our local district, uh, the Florida district, and I, ha- I got to film for it. Um, we did this similar thing. We filmed, and then uh, we put it together after and edited it together, and we played it. I think we may have filmed it in like August, but we played mm-hmm. it for uh, in December because it was for the holiday youth convention. And it was gotcha. really cool. We still had church, and it was still a marvelous uh, move of God. We ended up having a technical difficulty, and one of the uh, district uh, leaders came up and said, "We're still going to have a move of God, but we're going to edit this together after." And then we started over, <laughs> and it was, it was it was really cool. Uh, it was I a really love cool it. experience. So back, uh, so we were talking about you know guitar. We've been talking about guitar and how you've played and stuff. And one thing specifically I wanted to touch on mm-hmm. uh, and kind of discuss about was playing full time, being a full time musician, getting the opportunity to do that, and first off first first things first is how did you get started playing full-time you know really going back to traveling when i was a kid uh my first studio session was when i was 14 Mm -hmm. uh, with a local studio and an artist here and uh, it really kind of began there um and, you know, I was traveling basically till I was 21. Then I moved back. I moved back home. I've lived, you know, in a couple of states. And um, and when I moved back home, uh, my pastor, <laughs> which he, you know, my pastor, I, be- I got married at 21. Mm-hmm. And my pastor was like, hey, we need a full time children's minister. And so I ended up becoming a children's minister but he said we also need a full-time worship pastor mm-hmm. and so i was that and i was i was doing all that um and honestly i mean it just the calls to record you know kind of never stopped uh, we used to record with hard drives and mail each other hard drives which was wild back then wow uh, <laughs> but that that never ended um i kept buying you know recording gear and then um People kept calling and asking me to come teach. You know, I I taught at JCM, the Jackson Bible College, taught there and a couple, you know, music conferences and et cetera. And I just I just kept uh, kept going. Honestly, uh, if you're faithful to what God put you over, because God, you know, I was youth pastor and worship pastor and my focus was our church, but the doors kept opening to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're faithful and you're ready and you're, you're patient, which is a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of work to do all that. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're faithful and ready and patient, God will do some incredible things with your life. Um, I tried to not ever go through doors that um, would conflict, you know, my beliefs or I always wanted to play Christian music. I never wanted to record on secular music or travel with secular artists, always Mm -hmm. Christian music, because that's what I loved. I, 
I could tell you some stories about that, you know, maybe some other time, but, um, my, my focus was always just to do Christian, Christian music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it seemed like, you know, God always met me, you know, when I would do what he had asked me to do, uh, he would always meet me with an open door that, you know, kind of, kind of led me to, to the next place. So, and he's still doing it. That's what's awesome. Like I said, mm-hmm. if I can make it into my forties, you know, doing music, I'm, I've done well. And I'm like, Oh, I'm here. Please don't stop. <laughs> I want to keep doing music, you know. And uh, but God's still opening incredible doors. So, mm-hmm. so you you talked about doing you know church work uh, mm-hmm. and you know being the worship pastor. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk about doing you know a lot of people. Um, trying to figure out how to word this. You'll we'll see players such mm-hmm. as yourself. Or a lot of people that are on social media that, you know, vlog, people like Travis Dykes, uh, Julian Tavares, um, and Denton Holloway, these people play out. And then Mm -hmm. a a lot of them do play recordings and studio work, but I was wondering if you could touch on some of your studio work um, and how you, like, at least in the last little bit, maybe not because you said you've done studio stuff, but Mm -hmm. um, specifically, what are you doing now? How does that look look for you since you're not uh playing like live events um how, what what does that consist of typically in a year i play on maybe 30 records plus mm-hmm. uh and and i was doing that as traveling too wow um right now i'm working on let's see four projects wow um uh, but balancing is not always easy Mm-hmm. <laughs> and having an amazing support group, uh, especially my family, my wife, my kids, my my mother-in-law, my pastor, I mean, my father-in-law, my parents, all these people, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of moving parts to this kind of stuff. Um, but for me, like my whole goal when I was hired um, as a worship pastor and youth pastor was basically to... Uh, impart and try to bring up the next generation and the next generation, like, and the next, as many as I could mm-hmm. to make sure that they were equipped. So when I would leave and go out of town, that our church wouldn't miss a beat. Yep. And now I've got guys, you know, that I taught music lessons to and were in my junior youth department that are very strong leaders that are running the band they're running you know vocals they're they're doing all these different things <laughs> and uh, so as far as being full-time you know like there's so many um I have been blessed to be able to be at a church first of all where my pastor is like don't even worry about telling me your schedule I know your vision I know that you're you're here for the church. You're here to help mm-hmm. grow the church. And, you know, you just pray and be led by the Holy Ghost. And he's never, there's not one, um, there's not been one time that he's asked me to stay home, mm-hmm. which has been pretty awesome. And and I've tried to balance it. I mean, I don't leave like every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't, but I, like we were talking um, in 2019, I, did like 300 church services. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a lot. And it takes a lot of infrastructure, uh, 
you know, I wouldn't advise that for everybody because mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you're a, uh, a dad or, you know, whatever. I mean, if you have a life, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's a lot. But um, honestly, there's a lot of sacrifices that do come not only from me, but from from my family and, and others, other people that are in my life to make that kind of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now um, the recording thing, which since COVID, um, I have been, you know, co-producing and, and doing some other things like that, which has been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you've heard the Ryan Trimble songs. But, I've heard um, a handful, yes. Yeah, so I co-produced those songs with him. That's cool. And uh was a blast to to work on. We're actually working on some more stuff. So that's, that's cool. been that's been really fun. Um yeah, so a lot of things uh COVID actually helped me in a lot of ways to be home mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, uh slow down a minute and, you know, reevaluate evaluate life and mm-hmm. my focus, which has been great. That's always good is to slow down and recharge. A lot of yes. people will work themselves to death and not realize it. And they think that's just part of it when people need to slow down and recharge. And that's how you be more effective is because yes, is you start fresh instead of working yourself yes. down and just you know, eventually, you know, you don't have anything else to give. Um, so um, how if if. If a young person heard what you just said and they're they're mm-hmm. they're totally stoked, um, or not even a young person, they could just you know be seventy years old and just want to start playing guitar for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah. If someone heard what you just said and they're totally stoked that they want to play, and they want to do what you do, or at least in part, maybe they know it's not possible for them to do it full time. Um, how would or should someone attempt to get into the event, uh, playing gigging, kind of play? Uh, playing for events uh, is how should someone approach that or is pursuing a music career realistic? Obviously it's realistic. How should it be pursued or should you just not pursue it and just do, just be the best player you can be and let God open doors. How, how should you pursue it or should you pursue it? How, how, how would you uh, tell someone to get to that level of playing? Uh, First thing I would do, I would I would pursue God first because mm-hmm. the Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God; all these things will be added unto you." And uh, I would seek Him first mm-hmm. and see really what um, what He needs you to do. One thing, uh, just for instance, my daughter, she's been playing keyboard, taking keyboard lessons, piano lessons since she was six mm-hmm. and she's played guitar in between there, but um, we've got several keyboard players. So she's like, Hey, I'll play acoustic because there is a need. Mm-hmm. And so, especially in your, lo- your local church, fulfill whatever the need is in your local church. And as far as being uh, full time, it's, it's cool to, to pursue that. I mean, I really don't look at it as gigging, <laughs> I kind of mm-hmm. look at it as, you know, like it, it's church to me. We could be playing, yeah. you know, like we could be playing a Christian rock band in front of 30,000 people. I'm still going to look at it as God has brought me here this moment. It's not yeah. a gig. It's that's just me. I mean, I might mm-hmm. be old school sounding, but 
that's how I think. Um, and I try to, I try to look at music as a ministry, uh, more than just a job and, mm-hmm. and a gig, because it is when God calls you to do something, then there's the only person that can stop it really is you. Mm-hmm. And it depends on your level of sacrifice and sanctification and all of that. But when he calls you to do something, he's going to, he will open the doors, but you have to be, you have to be faithful. What I was telling you a second ago, be faithful um, over the things that he's given you, be mm-hmm. faithful to him, be faithful to the things that the task that he's given you to do, be faithful to your local church, all that stuff. Be ready. That means sharpening your skills and learning, you know, the gear terminology and how to, you know, talk all this stuff and fit in with that and then be patient, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, um, from what I've learned, I mean, yeah, go get a, go get a degree in music. We need, here's the thing. There's a shortage of music ministers, Mm -hmm. but there's not, you know, I have pastors every day calling me looking for music ministers. There's a shortage for music ministers, but there's been a, um, a tainted view towards a lot of music guys mm-hmm. um, because, and, and, you know, it's, I've been on both sides of the street, you know, it's like we've got to develop our hearts as much as we develop our talent mm-hmm. and uh, make sure we have the right heart, make sure we're submissive and all of that kind of stuff to really what God is trying to do. And God, what happens is God uses consistent, ordinary people just like me <laughs> And, and you get to do extraordinary things mm-hmm. and, um, which is, that's God's intention anyway. I mean, he used the shepherd boy to become a king. I mean, but David mm-hmm. was consistent, faithful, and he was a worshiper and your gift will always, your gift is always going to make room for itself, but the Bible says your gift will ma- make room for itself and bring you before great men, mm-hmm. but your definition of greatness needs to be God's definition of greatness. And that's a big thing. Um, My definition of greatness, my, my end game, as far as a musician, a guitar player, a, all of that is that I make it to heaven. My family makes it to heaven and I can inspire other people to become worshipers, Mm -hmm. other people to uh, become musicians and, and lead in worship. And I can inspire people to become closer to God. That is literally my whole purpose in life. And um, everybody has influence. Everybody Mm -hmm. has influence. You have influence on your social media, how you post. You have influence on your um, the the way you dress when you Mm -hmm. stand on a platform. You have influence with your haircut, what guitar you use. You have influence with, you know, mm-hmm. where you eat, honestly. For sure. And and so everyone has that, but you have to pray that God gives you wisdom on how to use that and to spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be a huge Lakers fan, mm-hmm. <laughs> but could you could you could use that and wear your Lakers shirt, or you could just wear your regular clothes and and carry your Bible. Mm-hmm. And somebody recognizes that instead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with whatever being a Lakers fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
You but can use that, you can use it as a medium to someone you can. That, that you have something in common with that person now, and that makes it more personable to talk to them. And so by the can, way, Gate City, Virginia, Mac McClung is from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like he's his oh, dad. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He just signed with the Lakers, by the way. So yeah, all that. <laughs> but yeah, like it it doesn't it, it's it's um it's a very it's a very thing. You need to pray for Bible says to pray for wisdom and mm-hmm. When God gives you wisdom, there's. I believe that we need more full-time musicians. I believe we need more full-time singers. We need all of that. And so if, I mean, what happens is, I know with me, I had to press through a lot of stuff, especially the early years, because um, there wasn't even really a lot of guitar in church. That mm-hmm. was one, we could do a whole podcast about that, yeah. but... <laughs> But I had to press through that. I had to press through a lot of negativity. I had to press through, you know, people saying you'll never, you know, be able to do music full time, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still here doing it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I, I could hear the voice of God where he was leading me and calling me. You can't just say, well, just let God direct you. You can't just say that. You need to be, you need to be working on your skills. You need to be getting yourself educated you, you know, you need to be, um, don't go out and per- for, for me, uh, like when I would go meet people, I don't go out just to meet people. Like you're my friend, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if I was never on your podcast, yeah, you know, and I see you, we're going to laugh. We're going to talk. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. I, I have no, um, have nothing to do with, I mean, I'm not trying to chase to mm-hmm. chase you down to be on your podcast yeah. or anybody else's records or any of that, or to play at district events or conferences. I've never done that. Like mm-hmm. I've just, you know, like I meet people and uh, we get coffee and Hey, look, we got things in common, you know, and yeah. you, you know, and God opens the door through that instead of chasing after that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You, you were talking about David and, and you were talking about uh, being, whatever you are ahead of now being the best that you are at it and doing it well. And before David was King, he was an incredible shepherd. He had killed a bear and he had killed a lion. Um, in the face of neglect, everyone, even his own father had forgotten to, to, if, if, if you think about it that way, um, like his own father viewed him as less than the other sons because, uh, not because, but for, for whatever reason. And, in the face of neglect, he just stayed to what he needed to do. He stayed um, consistent, and he was the shepherd, and eventually he became the king's musician, and then he was good at that. And if you look at everything that he did, he, he got pretty good at running, too. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And, and so, here's another thing, you know, if you look at, <coughs> excuse me, if you look at David's process mm-hmm. to become king compared to you know, like Joseph's process to become Mm -hmm. the number two guy or whatever. Everyone's story is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And, but the thing about your story is your story is what prepares you for the position. Mm -hmm. So your, your anointing comes, David had a lot of issues. His brothers had a lot of issues with him. So David had to fight through that. Saul had an issue with him. Mm -hmm. He had to get through all that stuff, but Going through all of that stuff is what made him David. 
mm-hmm. you know, it's what made him the king. And so if David hadn't fought the lion and the bear and hadn't went through Saul and hadn't had, you know, all these different things, he would not have been capable of doing what God had actually called him to do at the time. And that's the whole thing. So if God's called you, you feel like you have a calling of, of God to do music, then you need to be just like I was talking about. You need to be in the Bible. You need to be praying. You need to. And and the problem is a lot of people anointing comes through pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of people try to avoid that and just jump ahead. But the real people that you see that are really anointed have had some crazy stories to get there. Yep. And uh, a lot of people, you know, are afraid of that. But don't be afraid of it. Let God walk you through the process. Let him test you. He He's trying to test you. He's trying to take things out of you, trying to put things in you. So when that people do see you preaching or playing music or leading worship or doing your podcast or mm-hmm. whatever, doing videos like nowadays, whatever that it is, God has set you up and prepared you for that. And here's the thing. I'm I'm getting ready to turn 42 next month here mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. And the story never ends. Like I was like, well, maybe I've made it. No, mm-hmm. I've got so much to work on. And God's still, mm-hmm. he's directing me and saying, let's go this way. You know, let's go that way. And, and I'm following him and he's leading. And uh, it never ends. And the only time that it's ever going to end is when we make it to heaven. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. the that's the final level. You, you that's the keep, end game. <laughs> that's 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 the that's the end. That's when you've made it. Um, yes. And, and until you get there, keep striving to be the best you can be. That's um, right. Whatever it is, be the best at whatever it is. Because, like you're saying, um, he um, David gained massive recognition when they started singing about how he killed his tens of thousands and Saul killed his thousands. But he gained that recognition because he killed Goliath. He knew how to kill Goliath because he had yep. thrown a stone at. Um, wild animals that were attacking <laughs> the flock, and then yes. the 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 what was attacking Israel, which was the flock. Eventually, he'd be the king, which was his flock. He was like the shepherd of Israel at that point. He had to kill the foe, which happened to be Goliath, and then he had to overcome uh, Saul's hatred. And then, if you look look at him, and I, I mean, I'm not I'm not Jewish, but he's he's considered the greatest king or one of the greatest kings in the entire history of Israel and in the Jews. But if you look at his life, it's littered and scattered with difficulty and awful because of, because of how he handled it, even when he fell short and how he made up for when he uh, didn't handle it correctly. That's how he became stronger. He became better. And And on that note, Mm -hmm. (laughs) here's the thing, like, you mentioned Brett and Denton and, and Colton, a couple mm-hmm. of those guys. When I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, my vision was to, you know, maybe lead some of these guys. And I, I met Brett when he was like, I mean, I didn't know Colton or Denton, but I met Brett when he was like 11. But before that, that was my intention was mm-hmm to be able to uh, inspire, you know, some younger guys. And here's the thing, just like David, Jesus came out of that lineage. So Mm -hmm. back to the influence thing, you know, you may influence this one person, but like Brett, Colton, Denton, those guys, Brittany Scott, 
all these other people right now, some of them I've poured into through the years, they're influencing my kids Mm -hmm. because it's full circle. And that's how the kingdom works. And when you're really kingdom minded, um, as far as finances, (laughs) I'm just going to talk because that's that's a big deal when you're full time Mm -hmm. in ministry. You have to learn how to live on God's economy. God's going to take care of you. Um, I can tell you a funny story. We were just married and, and we had a car payment that was killing us. And we were, Mm -hmm. you know, we're full time at our church and, uh, we're like going to eat one night and, uh, we're driving and I, we stopped by the church and say, Hey Lord, we get to the altar and we're like, Lord, this car payment is killing us. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know you can take care of us, Lord. We're trying to build your kingdom. You know, we're trying to give our life for that. Anyway, so we go eat. We're driving back home, go around the corner, and I hit two cows. (laughs) And it totals the car. And they send us a check, pay the car off. And God's probably like, hey, I'm this is my word. I own mm-hmm. the cattle on a thousand hills. I'll take you, care of you. You hit a cattle. <laughs> I hit two of them to make a cattle. So I was like, um, from that day, you know, I was like, God will always take care of us. Have mm-hmm. there been financial sacrifices? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm telling you, God always not only meets the need, he goes above and beyond expectation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you really have to, if you're walking hand in hand with him, he's a lamp into your feet and a light to your path. You can barely see where you're stepping with a lamp at night. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're living in Florida. Maybe they'll take you out like floundering or something. But you'd like take a, a lamp, a lantern and, and a gig and you walk out when the tide's out mm-hmm. and uh, you can see these flounder and you just stab them with a the gig. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can't see where you're walking except no. maybe like a few steps. Mm-hmm. And that's literally how it is with the Lord um, in everything that you're doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're saying you can't see far enough. Who could have told you? Would you believe believed yourself if you were at this moment right now, 20, 30 years ago? It would have been hard to believe. Obviously, maybe in the back of your head, you know that God's got it. But it's very hard for the flesh to believe that you can go uh, as far as God will take you if you're willing to let him. That's right. I, I could see it, but some of the things that he's done along the way, mm-hmm. I just, oh my goodness, it's absolutely unreal. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, I think you nailed that question. That was that was the that was the one that I was I was ready for that one, and that you you did it better than anything I could have guessed. So I'm thankful for that. I think I can learn from that. A lot of people can learn from that. Hopefully, someone is inspired and, like you said, completes a circle and starts a new circle and and becomes. Uh, or gets inspired to do better than what they can do. Um, as for that, do you have anything else to add to that? Uh, add that topic. Man, I, I don't know. Just keep keep working at it. <laughs> keep let <laughs> keep letting the Lord work on you. Amen. I mean, if if we did, we'd be here for a couple of days. Yeah, we, we could we, be. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Maybe maybe we'll um we'll come back for a part two. Maybe you know sneak peek whatever. Um, so. I wanted to do uh, something that we haven't done before on the podcast. A lot of podcasts do this, um, and I wanted to do a rapid fire session, uh, just some funny questions, random okay. questions um, <laughs> that 
I, I haven't done this before. A lot of people do it, and I really enjoy it. And I try to come up with some good questions. I don't think they're that great, but you know, we can we can make make do. And after okay. that, and after that, we'll have open mic for a couple minutes, and we can talk about whatever. We can you know talk about you know cows or cattle like like we did. <laughs> great. <laughs> or 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 you, or you can just preach to us, and we can just have a full full church session here. So, uh, first question is: There is a disaster. Oh no! <laughs> There's an earthquake. There's a fire. Something happens. Um, you can only keep two guitars. What are they and why? My trusty Paul Reed Smith and my Lincoln Brewster Strat. Okay. Um, they're my favorite two guitars ever. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, well, you can do so much with those two guitars too. They're very versatile. Yes. Oh yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So, um, this is kind of a two part question. Okay. Favorite person doesn't have to be skill wise. We're not, we're not dissing anybody. We're not roasting anybody. But who's your favorite person to play live with? Oh, man. Oh. That doesn't have to be a guitarist, anybody. It could be the guy running percussion. <laughs> Whoever Kevin Howard. Cool. Kevin Howard. Cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Um, so part two of that question doesn't have to be based on skill. Um, maybe if you like these people because of their skill or whatever. But if you want to put together your dream band that you want to play with, who do you want to play with and, and why? Wow. There'd be several of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have three set lists of, of bands. I know. Oh, this is a tough one. Gosh. Um, and of course, you are playing in this band as well. So you can have four guitars if you want, but however you want you it, know? we're going to hit it. Um, okay, we'll probably do Corbin Norris mm-hmm. on guitar. Uh, Kevin Howard, Jeremy Guzman. Jeremy oh. Guzman is a good guy. Dude, Jeremy's amazing. Dude, uh, I've talked with him quite a bit. He's a really, really cool guy. Gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, Travis, probably. Uh, or Jonathan Grown. I don't know if you know Jonathan Grown. I'm not sure. Jonathan I, I feel Grone. like I've heard the last name, but I'm not totally sure. Uh, Brandon Cowden. I'm gonna, this would be a huge mm. band. Isaac <laughs> Cowden. You're, you're going to have an orchestra. I <laughs> am, man. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't even start. You can't even start. Uh, that's, that's, hey, that's a solid answer because, you know, yeah. they're just so much talent, right? Oh, man. Um, so what is your, for all the guitar nerds here, I know not everybody on the podcast is musical that listens anyways. Hey, um, I forgot somebody very important on that. Uh, okay. Joe Salamita. For sure. Dude. Dude, Joe. Like, he, yeah. I, I always think of him, like, because I work with Joe all the time. Yeah. So, like, everybody just probably thought, that, but Joe. Joe, yeah. yeah. Shout out to <laughs> Joe and Vanquish Studios. He has some good whoop, stuff whoop. going down there. Um, I, I've had the opportunity to hear him play live once. It was pretty cool. It was a, it He's was a, awesome. It was, there's a funny story behind that, but I'll have to get to another time. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of difficult to convey with just an audio. So we'll, gotcha. we'll, we'll, we'll keep it at that. He's a really cool guy, though, and I know a lot of people that know him. Um, so for all the guitar nerds and guitar heads, I know people aren't, you know, everybody, not everybody that listens is musical. Um, so what is your, aside from that, what is your favorite amp? If you have one amp, Ooh, what is it going to be? Man. You can live with one profile. Woo. Uh, <laughs> if I could live with one profile, probably be AC20 Deluxe Morgan okay. or, or <laughs> a Mesa Lone Star or a Matchless. I don't know. It's one of those three. Okay, that's the, yeah. at least you have three to pick from. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you're going out, and oh no, everything. These are some like 
terrible questions. Everything's going wrong in all these questions. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you, you fly out. You're playing at so-and-so's church. And what is your one place that you go out to eat? Like, what is the place? If if nothing else is there, what do you have? Like, like you need this one place. If everything else is closed or nothing is there. You mean so like, so my favorite restaurant if we're out traveling? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much? Okay, okay. Oh, man. Um... Give me a second. This is a tough one. Keep in mind, like, brother Landon, Landon Gore has been on this podcast, so you better say Chick Fil A. <laughs> better say Chick Fil A. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh man. Um, hang on. Let me think. First watch. Let's do that. Oh yeah, that's I, there's, yeah. there's a few of those down here. That's cool. It's like it's one of those really cool for people I don't know. You probably you've been there more than I have. I've only been a handful of times, but it's supposed to be like like really fresh, right? And they have like really cool. They have really cool breakfast too. That's what I, I, I love yeah. breakfast. I love coffee, pastries, eggs oh, and yeah. bacon. Breakfast so, yeah. is the best, dude. <laughs> breakfast is, breakfast is from the Lord. I mean, yes, se- it is. Second Chick-fil-A. I mean, breakfast, I mean, Chick-fil-A <laughs> breakfast is incredible too. Hey, there I mean, you go. They, I mean, that's, that's all you need to survive. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, this is another one of those gear questions. One piece of gear aside from guitar, because you need your guitar to work. What mm-hmm. is something that you couldn't live without? Like you need this to like live. This is something that you use every day. Um, aside from the, maybe the big ticket items, like your, your uh, pro- profiler and stuff, those are just basic things that you need sound to use. Yeah. But what is, what is the one thing that you just, that you need to operate so, from? So with, so besides my camper, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Gosh, that's a tough one too. So my guitar, my camper, Hmm. Oh. I would say the so this has to be guitar gear. It could be anything. Could be anything. Man, that's a tough one. But if you want to narrow it, if you want to narrow it on a guitar to make it easier, you can do that. I don't. I don't. I care. would say honestly, my Kemper, my guitar, whatever, something I use every day is my Apollo Twin. That's cool. So, yeah, those are really yep. cool interfaces. They're really big and shiny. They look really yeah. cool. <laughs> they look cool. They look cool on desks. Um, that's cool. I know a lot of people that use those. Um, one thing along with that question I forgot to ask in the beginning okay. is uh, I had written down is if we show up to an event you're playing, we show up to a Virginia event or something, mm-hmm. um, what uh, gear would we see you playing with? What is something that you use often? You don't you, you, or you don't have to list all um, uh excuse me what would you what does a uh, typical rig look like for you if you're playing out you're playing at home what would we see on the stage with you um always well lately always my lincoln brewster strap um probably my Dusenberg or my paul reed smith mm-hmm. uh, as far as guitars my kemper and then a pedal board which is ever changing mm-hmm. uh but yeah just have having a couple of drives couple of Mm -hmm. weird quirky effects you know those are always the best yeah i'll never use this patch but it sounds really really cool (laughs) (laughs) i'll probably use it though (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so if you say you have a pedal board this is more of a a guitar nerdy question do you just use your kemper for profiles instead of lugging an amp around i use it yeah i mean i don't I just use the Kemper for profiles and then I'll use, uh, I'll use the effects in, in the Kemper as well. Mm-hmm. 
then add some extra effects in front of it. You know, with oh, okay, pedals. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Try to get yeah. the best of everything. <laughs> yeah, you you also use the uh, the toaster, right? The Kemper. Toaster. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it's called. I just like saying it out loud. It's the toast Kemper yeah, toaster. It's, it's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Um, where like line six stuff, it's just a black box, but you have a toaster. I, it's like, <laughs> That's it's, like awesome. it's like using a, like, uh, uh, your camera is like a potato. Well, my profiler is a toaster. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so another less of a quick fire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you do as a hobby in downtime aside from playing guitar? I know a lot of people Ooh. are getting into golf. A lot of people, you know, go to top golf. You see this everywhere. Um, but like aside from guitar, what would you identify with? Mm. Probably gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason is, I mean, I like to kayak. I do like to kayak some. That's really uh, fun. I like to ride my bike. Um, but gear's probably the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just because instead of spending money on like an expensive bike or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I could use the gear instead of that. <laughs> Something I'd actually be using all the time. It's an so. air quote investment. <laughs> it is. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so that's oh. probably, yeah, I love the, I love the chase, you know, and find a good sale and, and flip stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, all that whole thing. So, yeah, it's really fun. Events. I'm nerdy too about the history of it. Like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, like who, who how used this and made it and stuff exactly yeah. who how they mic that amp up and you know all all that weird stuff mm-hmm. better than so, yeah sometimes it's better than sitting in front of the screen editing patches and stuff exactly yeah <laughs> so, so you have an excuse i don't, i can't be on my computer all day i gotta go to guitar center and buy you know <laughs> buy more some amps. more stuff <laughs> yeah um so um what does when you sit down and practice what does that yep. consist of generally uh, unless you're of course you're practicing for you're playing for a live recording or you're playing for something and they've given you set list you sit down and what are you going to practice uh i usually don't have like a lot of time just to practice mm-hmm. i wish i did usually it's i'm i'm actually working on something but uh you know for church or or playing out somewhere or a recording whatever but if I do, um, what I usually do is like, I'll do it, uh, make a quick backing track or mm-hmm. I'll do like a drone in a key and then mm-hmm. I'll kind of practice my modes and stuff over that. So, That's cool. Yeah. Um, always challenge yourself when you practice too. If you have, if you happen to have more time than Andy, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> pra- don't practice what you know. Or that's easy because then you won't grow. That's one thing I've exactly. learned. Exactly, you have to practice what you don't know. Exactly. Um, just pick, even if it's. I mean, thirty minutes is of doing something and learning a new concept is better than three hours of practicing the same the pentatonic scale the whole know. time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so you were talking about you know playing music and playing tracks. Uh, you came out with a Christmas single, and that was oh, really yeah. cool. And I wanted to talk about that. And, you know, tell people, hey you guys people are listening go check it out it's really cool maybe not now maybe in december (laughs) December. but (laughs) but Uh, go check that out um so in that vein do you have uh maybe you can't tell us what it is but do you have do you have the idea of anything coming soon at all in in the future i have like an old old record Mm -hmm. that's way back uh that's on itunes but 
I have, um, during COVID, every Thursday, I was doing writing sessions with different people. Mm -hmm. And so I have several songs kind of in the works. Mm. So hopefully, yes, when I, when I get, get some downtime again, I mean, I've kind of been working on them here and there, but yes, hopefully. Are you, are you hopefully praying about, are you praying on that Delta variant? <laughs> so <you> <laughs> yes. Slow down just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but there's been so many things happening, but yeah, if I can, if I can get a little bit of time, uh, hopefully there'll be some more songs coming out. That's good. That's cool. Um, so do you have anything else that people should check out? Uh, you have that song. You mentioned that album. Do you have, are you a great literature writer? Do you have a book? <laughs> you know, so I, I've worked on lots of notes for a book. Mm-hmm. Um, done. I've done a couple of different, um, you know, like devotional books with other people and, and mm-hmm. stuff like our heart of worship devotional. And, and like, I think I did one for the youth the uh, UPCI youth devotional or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've actually been working on some concepts for books that have been back to that. I mean, I write notes down and I have several pages, but, mm-hmm. and I just haven't had the time to get there, but hopefully I will get there soon. That's so cool. Hopefully. <laughs> well, so for people listening, just make sure you go check out his stuff, all of his, you know, and he's on tons of, like you said, tons of recordings and stuff. So maybe it's not all his, but at least you can hear stuff. He's on a lot of different music. So go check it out. Go check out social media. I forget mine. What is, if you what care <laughs> to plug yours. Um, you know, uh, we're actually getting ready to possibly locally and online. Um, we're thinking of me and a couple of my friends here are thinking about starting a music school. That's cool. Um, which, which would be, I mean, it'll be open to everybody, but mm-hmm. we're going to be really geared to church players. That's cool. And, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, um, and we actually may, we, we may start a podcast with that as well. Uh, just talking ministry gear, you mm-hmm. know, doing some reviews, talking about some concepts. That's um, cool. We're we're really thinking about that, um, but if we do, yeah, I will I will let you know. So <laughs> for sure, that'd be cool. Yeah, you, talk, you, you said maybe not all church people, but what if you like teach them how to play praise breaks, right? And they're not from church, exactly. And there then, you go, <laughs> and then the spirit falls while they're playing praise breaks, and they you know you save them through that. <laughs> That's how it works, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what this is, but it's really cool, and they, you know they start yeah. playing praise breaks. Uh, so I only play metal at 160. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like metal at 160, but you turn all the gain off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember I was talking to uh, we were talking about Colton, and I was uh, talking to him about a lick because he has a tutorial, a brief tutorial, like an older like film on his phone or something. Um, and I, I I DM'd him on Instagram, and I was like, "Are these in in sixteenth notes?" He says, "Yeah." I was like, uh, okay, I'll try. Oh, okay. I'll try that. <laughs> I was practicing awesome. it. I was practicing it like eighth notes, and I got at whatever speed. This this isn't fast enough. Is it really sixteenth? And it is. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'll try that later. There we go. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'm on that train. I'm working on it. Hopefully, we can get there. Um, oh, he, so, he's the best at gospel, man. Dude, he, he's, he eats he's it incredible. Up. Um, he really is. That whole church is very gospel styled. So he, he they grew, are grew up in that style. I heard a song from them that I had only heard from IBC and IBC is obviously a very different style 
and they yep. played it like it was a gospel, not him, but they played it like yeah. it was a song that they're like we back in the old building we played this song and they're playing it really <laughs> gospelly. So it was That's really awesome. really cool hearing them because they they write not write but Kurt especially will redo stuff to help it help their style and it's really help really it be cool. churchy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so that was the rapid fire. I guess it ended like when I started asking about practice, but. <laughs> As far as that goes, do you have anything to say? Like always on the podcast, we have an open mic. You can talk about whatever you want. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to throw out your cash app or something, (laughs) we can, you can throw that (laughs) out there. Um, But whatever you want, we can talk about or, or we can sign off and, and thank the Lord that we talked about what we did. You know, it's, it was an honor to be on here and um, hopefully I've helped somebody, you know, somehow um, Mm -hmm. encourage, inspire and, just keep doing, you know, like uh, what the Lord's called you to do. Be consistent and be faithful and, and try to be the best you can. God's, you know, the Lord's getting ready to come back anytime. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the this is the day, not just the, the actual day we're, you know, today, not just Thursday. This is the day that the Lord has mm-hmm. made, this season. And we need to live in that. And uh, whatever he's called us to do, you know, uh, to really reach for it and become the best that we can be for the kingdom. Amen. We need to be prayed up, be in the word, and be in yes. the will. And we That's can make right. an impact. Make Woo. an impact in the world. And then, of course, you know, we can maybe play some really cool licks along the way. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways, so this was episode 16. Yes, yeah, 16. Hope I don't forget. <laughs> um, 16, and we had the wonderful opportunity to uh, talk, sit down with with Brother Andy Ferguson. It was really cool, really fun. Maybe like we are talking about, we can have a part two. Um, for all the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm working on a video thing, so maybe in part two we can have a video up on YouTube. I'm working on that. Sadly, it couldn't come together today. We had the audio for you guys, but um, I'm really excited that when I get this out and edited and everything, everyone, someone will learn from it. And I'm super thankful that um, you came on, Brother Andy, uh, helping us learn. It was really, really fun. First musician, hopefully the first of many that we get to talk to. Um, as far as me, that's all I've got to say. Thank you for coming. And until next time. See you guys later. Yeah.